welcome to We the Meeple, where we hold these truths to be self-evident that we love board games and we want to talk about them. My name is Corey. I'm going to be your host for this new podcast. I have come over from the Thoughts and Players podcast to do a side project with two amazing co-hosts. We have Cody to start. Hello. And we have Joseph. I have no clue what I'm doing. There we go. I I picked it up. I picked it up. (laughs) Uh, No Jeremy or David. You likely won't see them on this podcast, but they are over on the Thoughts and Players Gaming Podcast if you want to hear them with us every other week. But we are strictly talking board games on this podcast. So let's just jump right into it. I'm very excited to be talking board games. I know both of you guys are excited. We've been planning this for a little while. So absolutely. um, I think we have a great show, should be very filling, and we have all these different segments I want to introduce you to. So first up is our discussion topic, and since you don't really know us as board gamers, we're going to kind of introduce you by doing something I call first, latest, and greatest. So we're going to talk about our first gaming memories, our latest gaming memories, and our greatest gaming (laughs) memories. So I've talked enough. Let's hit up the first gaming memories. Cody, what have you got for us? Uh, the first gaming memory for our group, I'm going to go with uh, Camel Up. It was the first game, I feel like, where we really got into it, like, highly in depth. We started naming these camels. You know, the green one never would win. It's a kind of a gambling game a little bit, trying to bet on which camel you think is going to win the race first. But to me, that was the first moment where I thought, like, wow, these games are way different than the games you play as kids, you know, and it propelled us to want to get more games i feel like yeah that was one of the uh early ones i would say it was easily within our like top 10 of like hobby board games that we really mm-hmm. got into mm-hmm. and probably sure. one of the first ones where we played it like every weekend to start off so oh, yeah uh, yeah joseph first gaming memory you want to talk about um the first game that i felt that we we got into that made me want to keep buying more board games more strategic board games was um fury of dracula fury of dracula is like a um hidden movement game where you try to find dracula and dracula's trying to run away if you get dracula you can try to kill him or and dracula can attack you back but i feel like that was one of the first games where i'm like man this is a fun hobby the, the st- strategic aspect to the game is just crazy and i just wanted to keep going yeah, so I think as a group, that was easily our first big gaming experience together. You know, we kind of all got into the hobby at the exact same time. You know, we all decided, hey, we want to get a board game. And we really did our research and we got Fury of Dracula 3rd Edition. And I don't know, looking back, it's it's kind of crazy that was our first one, right? Like A little bit. It was kind of complicated. It's a super <laughs> I, No, game. I can't even believe you, like figured out the rules <laughs> right right like camel up seems like a much easier game to get oh, into. For it's sure. a lot more for sure. you can sit at the table and you know have beers and kind of just enjoy the time fury of dracula like it was a 30 page rule book it was all over the place the rules were intense you know there was it was unlike anything we've ever played i mean that game actually gave me like a headache sometimes like that's how yeah. in-depth it is yeah, yeah it was a, it was easily a three-hour game especially for us learning the rules yeah for but sure. man that was that was the game that, like, we loved it. You know, we would play that every weekend because that was the only game we had for, like, a couple months, I feel like. Yeah, for sure. And it was good. I think it still stands in, like, all three of our, like, top 25 lists where we just, 
you know, the memory of the game is so much that we can't really let it go. And it's still a pretty good game. You know, it's long, it's complicated, but I don't think they've made like a hidden movement game quite better than that yet. Not as good for sure. Right. That was an important game to us because I think if we would have bought a game that we didn't like right away, then our board game hobby might have already tanked. You know, mm-hmm. no, so yeah. I feel like, yeah, like, well, by. well, I'm, I'm sure you guys remember, but the two games we bought right after that were Dead of Winter, yeah. which, um, which I think we if did we played not it, like that game, <laughs> right, right. I think if we played it today, we might appreciate it a little more. But at the time, we thought it was going to be a little bit something else than it was. And we just we did not like it. And then we bought mm-hmm. uh, Marvel. Uh, what was that? Code? Legendary. The legendary, legendary card game. Marvel, yeah. yeah. And, uh, you know, coming from like a Yu-Gi-Oh background, we thought, hey, we're going to have Spider-Man and his team against Wolverine and his team. And it, it was not like that at all. It was a co-op game. And it's like, mm-hmm. ooh, this game is is not fun either. So yeah. Fury of Dracula was that one. Like, if we would have picked wrong, you know, yeah, I, I, might I don't not know have. if we would have kept going on. Yeah, we might not be doing this podcast today for sure. Yeah. yeah so uh, my first one is definitely Fury of Dracula, like you, Joe. I could also say Camelot. You know, there was a few other games that we played. But I'm going to take it back to my childhood. You know, Code, you had mentioned, like, the first real game we got into. And I don't know if we ever would have got into those games if we weren't raised on the monopolies of the world. You know, like, looking back down, Monopoly, uh, in the board game community, it's not well-received at all. But uh, growing up as kids, that's the that's the family game, you know? And you played it every week. You know, I know there was a summer where I played it three times a day, it felt like. And... <laughs> It really brought out that competitive nature and it brought out the like, I'm versing you in a competition and I want to win. And we played not, you know, hobby games, but we were into Stratego. We were into Risk and we were into some of those like higher up but not quite hobby games yet. And that all led us to this, you know. So um, while Monopoly doesn't get much credit at all. I'm going to give it a little credit here. So that was, you know, my no, first I, memory. I love Monopoly. I, yeah. I still play it. You would. Okay, I haven't haven't played it. I have not played it since we started getting into board games, so I don't know how it would. I'm sure it would be fine just for the nostalgia, you know, playing with, like, my mom or, you know, screwing people out of trades. But, uh, all right, let's jump into latest. Uh, Code, what's your latest memory that you want to talk about? All right, uh, my latest memory is not a good one. Um, We do a board game tournament every year. Um, And the board game tourney, we each pick a board game, three board games that we play. And the last board game we played was a game called Parks. Um, Great game, looks good, plays good, the pieces are nice on it. Uh, Unfortunately, in a board game tournament with three people, someone can sway the tournament in another person's favor. Um, So I had the lead, Corey decided to do a what I call a stupid move, and I end up losing the tournament. Uh, but that, to me, is my latest one I remember uh, for a bad one. But it is what it is, so I forgive you. Yeah, you forgave me. <laughs> I forgive you, and you really earned the victory. So I appreciate that. And I just want to let everyone know that Cody has declared he will not do another board game tournament. But I think if this first video gets like a hundred views, code, I think we're gonna in, have to back in I the think saddle. We're have to, yeah. Right, if we're right, doing if this, we do, people want people want to see that board game. I think we're gonna have game, to. If we do a board game podcast, I will do the tournament because it all right, needs to there be done. we go. So we're gonna and keep I this podcast alive just to do the tournament. Yeah, speaking yeah, of the board game tournament, to. like if anyone wants to know, like Cody said, we each pick three games, so there's nine games on the table. Whoever wins the game gets three points. Second place gets second points. 
Uh, third place get one gets one point. Whoever's the leader after nine games wins, and the other two have to buy that person a board game. So I won year one. Joseph won year two. It's been it's been a lot of fun. But like Cody said, you get games where it's where it's not quite like a like a solo play, and you can kind of affect other people. Yeah, it can get a little rowdy. So uh, yeah. The fun part is, though, I feel like we've always been close. You know what I mean? There's never been, like, yeah. it's always going to come down to the last game. There's never been a – I mean, we've only done it two years, but there's never been a moment where we were just like, man, this guy just killed it this year. It's not, it wasn't I, close. I like, how, I like how we've added things. Like, first year it was straight up just our nine games, and then this year or last year it was we each pick five games, and then each of the other compo- uh, opponents get to ban one of them, you know, because they want to ban yep. the game they're worst at. So, um, obviously – uh, that has a lot of strategic value to it. And, you know, mm. I hope to keep doing it. I, I love the board game tournament. So, um, but it is the only time I do get salty playing board games. Most of the time I'm even keeled. Board games are fun. But when there's actually something on the line, I'm a little more when you're invested. out of the tournament after the fifth game. I'm usually, laser, game. I'm usually laser focused in the tournament for sure. Yeah. Sometimes yeah. I'm a little lackadaisical, but... When the when the tournament comes, I'm I'm laser focused for sure. Get serious. All right, mm. All right. I'm gonna hit so the latest real quick. Oh, go ahead. I've got I've got two of them. Um, this is for people that like uh, deck building games and like you know deck battler games, uh, like Hero Realms or Star Realms or something like that. I like that game too, but as I just mentioned, we grew up in the Yu-Gi-Oh era a little bit, and Yu-Gi-Oh just introduced something called speed dueling. Now, speed dueling takes Yu-Gi-Oh! back to, like, the very, very basics. There's no pendulum monsters, no XYZ monsters. It is, like, pretty much season one of Yu-Gi-Oh! where you have standard cards, magic, and trap, and you can only put three monsters and three magic or trap cards out there. And it really brings Yu-Gi-Oh! back to the basics, and it made me kind of fall in love with it again. I've already bought, like, another two decks from it, really enjoying it. They also do this thing where you have one side card, um, I'm not, I can't remember exactly what it's called, but you get to use it like once per game and it has like a character associated with it. So that's been really cool. Like if I buy the Yu-Gi-Oh deck, you can put the Yu-Gi-Oh activity card on the side and when you want, you can flip it over and go through your deck and pick any one card you want. But then the duel ends after that next turn. So it's almost like in the show where Yu-Gi-Oh is, or Yu-Gi is draft, getting that last card to win the duel, which is kind of cool. And then, um, Similar to Camel Up, I want to talk about Unicorn Fever. Me and my wife went to the board game shop, and she picked out Unicorn Fever to play. It is a gambling racing game, a lot like Camel Up. You have six unicorns, and you don't necessarily own any of them. And even if you do, like you don't want to like that one doesn't have to win. What you're doing is you're gambling on who you think is going to come first, who you think is going to do this or that. Uh, pretty fun game. Pretty good gambling aspect to it. The races are fun because you do all your moves before the race begins. So camel up, you're doing things as they're racing. Everything in this game is beforehand. And then you're just constantly flipping cards to see what unicorn wins. Now, me and my wife, and we also played with my niece, had a ton of fun with it until the very end. It had a really bogus final scoring. Um, you You win by having these credits, I think they're called. So... I did so well through the first three rounds because there's four races that I end up having like 30 credits. But at the end of every round, you have to pay a gold for every credit you have. So that was fine. You know, first three, first three races, I was killing it. So I was able to pay off very easily. Fourth round comes along. I don't do well. So I paid 30 something credits last turn or gold last turn to pay off my debt. And 
when the fourth round came, I only had like 15 or 20. So I actually had to take out a loan. Now the game says, if you have a loan, you automatically lose. So I spent the whole game getting all these really great credits being in first place the entire game for me to lose the last round, take one credit and my wife wins because she didn't take any credits or loans. And she won with like literally two points. She won like one bet at the last race and she ended up winning. So, uh, it, it had a little bit of up and downs for me. I don't know if I'd recommend it. So you're um, salty another, about it. I'm, I'm, yeah, I'm a little so salty. But it, <laughs> it, you didn't it, get it feels, salty. <laughs> it feels like the rule book. Well, here's the thing. Now, nobody was satisfied. Like, I lost, so obviously I wasn't satisfied. And Lindsay, my wife, was like, I won. I didn't do anything. I didn't play well, you know. Mm. And like, yeah, you won. So we all left the table kind of like, uh, we feel bad. And that's not the only rule that they have. Now, they added a, a like a little like change of rules online on uh, Board Game Geek because what people were doing is they were taking out 100 loans in the last round and betting it all on every unicorn. So you would get seven to one. So even if you took out a million coins worth of loans, you would win it back by one of the unicorns. So they had tried to fix that by limiting it to 20 uh, gold per bet. But still, it feels like the rule book's not quite tight. So mm. I'm going to give it a couple more tries. Only played it once. But, yeah, that's been my latest playing. Um, now the fun part. Let's talk about our – Do I not get my latest part? Oh, oh my goodness. I'm so sorry. Joseph. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were just going to skip me. But um, my latest um, go- board gaming moment um, is with my nephew and my two nieces and my dad, actually. Um, we played Sheriff of Nottingham a couple weeks ago. And Sheriff Nottingham is like, I don't, I don't know how to explain it. It's like a game where you you try to get in, like your goods into like the town and the sheriff is trying to stop you. And it's a terrible description. But um, anyway, <laughs> it, 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 <laughs> it's a bluffing kids, game. Yeah, it's a bluffing game. Yeah. So you're trying to bluff bluff like yourself into like um, goods into the um, city and the sheriff is trying to catch you and all this other stuff. But playing with the kids is really fun. They're, they just, it's just a, a great time. And yeah, that's about it. It's my latest board game moment. Right, yeah, I like it yet. No, I'm just kidding. I'm I just do, kidding. I like that game too. Yeah, it's fun because one person's always, everyone gets to be the sheriff once and they try to catch who's lying to them. And you can make deals with the sheriff and all that. So yeah, I, I love yeah, that. Yeah, that's, that's probably one of my funnest parts too is the negotiation because. You can bluff and you can negotiate to even if you know, even if they know you're bluffing, you can pay them off enough to where they can look past it, which is kind of cool. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, now I'm going to move on to our greatest gaming moment, if that's okay with everyone else. Uh, Go, do you want to start it off again, buddy? <laughs> oh, yeah, I'll start off. All right. I need you two to do a little role playing for my greatest moment. Okay. Let's okay. do this. Corey, me oh, and you are going to be civilians. Okay. okay. And then, Joseph, we're going to uh, let you be uh, Billy the Kid. <laughs> <laughs> All right. All right. We're going to take it back to 1880 in the Western Times. All right. So, Joe, pretend okay. I'm just some young little lady walking down the street with a purse full of money. All right. You being Billy the Kid, what would you do? Okay, I'm robbing people. I'm robbing the old lady. I'm gotcha. getting so many points. It's not even funny. I'm like three points away from winning. Hey, stop. And then, 
Um, I don't like what you're doing. I'm going to arrest you. Oh, cool. okay. That's, that's cool. <laughs> All right. All right. Tell the story now. All right. So my greatest gaming moment is we are playing Western Legends, which is a game. Um, it's kind of like a sandbox game. You can do whatever you want. Um, you can become a criminal. You can become, you know, a marshal to try to stop the criminal. You can just do um, poker all day. You can just do a whole bunch of different ways to win this game. So Joseph was a criminal trying to rob people, do all these things. And at first, we didn't know how to play this game fully. So it's the first time playing it. First time playing. So as a civilian, I arrested Joey and stopped him from winning the game. He would have won the game if we wouldn't have done this. But in the real rules, you can't arrest them if, you, if you're a civilian. And we figured this out the next time we are playing. So basically, we screwed Joey out of the win. And to me, it was just hilarious because he hasn't won the game since in like six tries. Right. So right. It, it, it's kind of heartbreaking. <laughs> this was his yeah, one chance to win the game. That's not hilarious to me. It is. I mean, like this is now this we, is all three of our like one of our favorite games. So not but, to not have a victory in your favorite game feels like man, I want that victory so bad. And Joe, you haven't had it yet. I don't think I've won yet yet either. I think I've won like five times. Yeah, it's been and Cody Uncle Ron got the and, and Uncle one. Ron. Good old Uncle Ron. You guys will hear about him later. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it was a it was a tough moment for good old Joe, and Cody celebrated accordingly. Yeah, but Joey has a story coming up that will hurt me even more. <laughs> <laughs> All, right, All right, Joe, do you want to tell us about your? So you want to go first? You want me to go? No, go ahead. Go ahead. I don't want to skip you. Going back to my greatest moment. Um, it's almost like my first moment as well. Um, it's it's about a game called Betrayal at House on the Hill, which is like a horror movie game where you're trying to go through these go through this um house and you every every spot you go to you put down a tile and it's a new different type of um area and you get you're going through the house gaining resources and all a bunch of crap and then in the middle of the game there's a traitor and the traitor is it's just randomized almost. You don't you don't get to know who the traders at the beginning of the game. It's just randomized of who has the t- different type of resources. So anyway, in the middle of the game, this is my this is our first time playing this game. Um, Cody becomes the trader, and he's kicking our butt, man. He's he's got a bunch of monsters and a whole bunch of stuff. And at the end of the game, I need to roll a six, a six, and a six to win the game and the funny part is it's this it's on this little boy this nine-year-old <laughs> kid peter akimoto and peter akimoto my friend um cory he's dead he's like a, he's like a 30 year old character in this game and I, the thing is i have to carry cory all the way through this this house fighting monsters and at the end of the game, all I got to do is roll a six, a six, and a six. And guess what happens? Peter Akimoto pulls through in the clutch. And, yep. and I remember we Game over. Peter Akimoto. <laughs> and, yes, and we still yes. reference him all the time because he is a – he's now a legend for us. Absolutely. An all-time great. So, yeah, that's a, that's a great one, man. That's Absolutely. a great memory. Um. All right, I'll go to my greatest. Uh, I have two. I only had one, but Cody reminded me of another moment that I got to talk about. So 
I want to talk about, again, one of our earliest gaming moments. You know, I guess maybe games were better then. <laughs> I don't know. But uh, playing Risk Legacy. Now, Risk Legacy was also one of our very first introductions into hobby board gaming. So um, it was a new experience for us. You know, we had played Risk, but we had definitely never played a Legacy game before. So we were all very familiar with Risk. We start playing it. And as we play, if you ever played a Legacy game, you know things change. You know, you finish a game and you actually get to name one of the countries, one of the cities in a country. And now that country is stronger for you. So it's, it adds a lot of strategy from game to game. But anyways, um, this is going to be a little bit of spoilers for Risk Legacy. But I would say about six or seven games in, um, I'm doing very well. Joseph, you were also doing very well. When you win a game, you get a nuke. And a nuke takes one of your dice, and it turns it to a six. And if you know Risk, you roll dice. Whoever has the higher number, they kill that many troops on the other side by the difference. So... Me and you are fighting right by Australia. Australia was always my chokehold point, the point I would always choose in a game because you could get those extra two soldiers per round if you controlled all of it. So, Joey, you wanted to fight me there. I wanted to fight there. We fought in the country right above it. I can't remember exactly what that country is, but it was the one right before getting into Australia. We roll our dice. I use a nuke to change one of my dice to six. You use a nuke to change one of your dice to six. I use my second nuke to end up winning the duel or the battle. Awesome. I loved it. There's a card in the box that says, when you use three nukes on the same turn, open this card. Like I said, we didn't know what happened. It's a legacy game. We've never played one before. We opened the card, and it says, this country is now toxic. It is now a desolate wasteland. Whenever you go through it, you will lose half your troops. It has made Australia worthless. My pride <laughs> and joy, Australia. I can no longer go there. But... It was just an amazing moment for me to play this game and, and for you guys to play this game, too, I'm sure, that we knew. We've played it a ton of times. And to have this happen for that game is just, like, outstanding. It also introduced another race of people you could be that could actually move through the Toxic. But, uh, man, it just it was mind-blowing at the time. And I think, I think we keep buying Legacy games to kind of chase that high. And some of them have done it. You know, there's been a lot of good Legacy games. But uh, that was the first, and that's the one I'll always remember. And uh, real quick, um, Cody reminded me of this memory, and now I want to talk about it. Um, Uncle Ron, who had brought up a little bit earlier, great guy, really uh, unique, really, really great guy. We love him, but, man, he can be a trip sometimes. Uh, he took it upon himself to stop me from going to Australia. So in Risk, um, you kind of pick what you want to do first. Do you want to take the first country? Do you want to have the most troops? Do you want to take the first turn? He picked first country. He's like, you know what? I'm taking Australia before Corey can. Hey, good for him. He picked it. So I had a plan going on. I'm like, all right, I'm picking most troops. So I picked the most troops. He ended up getting something like four or six troops to start the game. He picked that last. I also, on my next turn, said, I want to go first. Sweet. I went first. He got a little bit later. When that game actually started, the first thing I did was attack Australia and wipe out his entire colony in one turn. The look on his face was soulless. He had no soul. He looked dead in the eyes like he had just been utterly destroyed. And it made me feel so good because he was out of the game. And Risk is not a short game. So we all enjoyed playing for another hour or two, however it was. And he was just knocked out. But uh, love that moment. I'll never forget it. If Uncle Ron, you ever listen to this, love you, buddy. Thanks for the seems memories. Like a, seems like a jerk move to me. That right. was a great move. I enjoyed it. Um, but that is yeah, hilarious. That was, that was hilarious. <laughs> it, was, it was good. 
It was. I've yeah. never seen a man so defeated in my life. He was. He was. Well, he was, he was so happy. He's like, man, I'm, I'm gonna get over on this guy, and then. Man, the first turn he just gets knocked and out. Now, if it's you like, know the history between yeah, Corey and that's Uncle like Ron. Uncle Ron is always trying to get Corey in everything that they do, whether it's board games or literally anything in life. Uncle Ron is always trying to one up Corey, but don't know why. This time Corey, Corey won up. I, I I I got that one. I got that one. <laughs> and this Absolutely. and this isn't a game like we play every week. You know, it would maybe take a month before we could play this game. So, so to be knocked out that early. To be, get wiped out and then have to sit there, like you said. In front of know. his son, too. <laughs> Dad, <laughs> what <son>. happened? <laughs> That's messed up. That's not that great. It was hilarious. <laughs> yeah. it was hilarious. Poor Uncle Ron. Poor Uncle Ron. All right, so that was first, latest, and greatest. Uh, we're going to start off every episode with, like, a discussion topic, but I thought this was appropriate for our first time. So... Hope you guys enjoyed it. If you want to tell us some of your first, latest, or greatest memories, let me know. Post it on our Facebook page. But now we're going to jump to this or that, where we decide which game should be in your gaming library. We're going to take two kind of similar games, discuss it a little bit, and tell you which one you should pick. Um, and we are all huge deduction fans. That was the first genre of games that we really love. So we have two that we highly think of. They are Deception, Murder in Hong Kong, and Secret Hitler. And we're going to pick this or that and tell you which one should be in your gaming collection. So who wants to start? Give a little uh, plus for one or the other. Uh, I can start if you guys want. Okay. Okay, so Deception is a, like you said, a deduction game. Um, your past, I think it's what? you got to play with five players. Um and every single person's passed around a card face down. Four to twelve. It tells you four to twelve. So I got the game right you, next to me. <laughs> there you go. Perfect. It tells you if you're a good guy or a bad guy, pretty much. A murderer or, you know, just whatever, a good guy. Um so then basically you get past uh a number of clues and a number of murder murder weapons that you can use. Um the goal of the game is to figure out obviously who murdered or who was the murderer and with what weapon and what clue they use. Now, how this is done is there's a someone who flips over tiles of cards and then they can pick through, they use tokens and they try to give you hints because they figure out who's the murderer and what weapon and clue was used throughout the game. Um, so you basically go through six rounds, you get six clues and you can take a guess whenever you want on who you if you think you know who's the murderer and what weapon and clue they use. Um, this is more of a card deduction game. Um, and Secret Hitler is more of a, a word deduction game. You just got to go off what you think and what you feel about what people say. Um, it's the same type of deal. You're dealt down a face down card. And then um, you're either a good guy or a bad guy. But in Secret Hitler, there's multiple bad guys in this one. And they got to try to work together to try to fool the other team. Um, to me, I really like the aspect of just the words part of Secret Hitler. Like, you basically got to read the person in the game and go off your gut feeling of who you think is the murderer and why they played a certain card, either to pass the mission or fail the mission. Um, deception sometimes can be more of a given, like if someone picks the wrong clue or wrong weapon they can get figured out pretty easily. Um, but I do think Deception is a great game to start a collection. Um, 
the game will never be the same, you know, through, if you play it a hundred times, it could be a different, a hundred different times. Um, and it's quick game. So you can play it real quick. So if I had to pick one, I would pick deception as the game between those two to pick. All right, man. Fair enough. I mean, uh, you did say it was mostly like a card game, but I, I think it's, I think it's a word game as well, where you're like really hitting that verbal aspects because you're getting cards, but after every card, everyone's discussing the clue. They're very uh, vague clues, so it's not like you'll be able to pinpoint who it is. It's like the murder happened at this time of day. And it's like, how can you help someone realize that it's the night by telling them the time of day? And you really have to kind of tell, tell a story through those cards. You know, so it, it is a lot of to do with the cards, but I think they just give you a direction to go to. Now, Secret Hitler, like you mentioned, it is all just like, you got to take my word for it. You know, I'm telling you the truth. And there's a couple things that kind of point out, like um, to play secret Hitler, you have to give a you have to pass a law. It can be a socialist law or a, a democratic law. So if you pass yeah, a so- socialist law, that is or a fascist law. Yeah, I'm sorry. That is leaning. That, that's helping Hitler. So it's like, why did you pass that law? Was it because it was the only one that you had because you're giving two? And they both might be fascists. So you kind of have to convince people when those laws get passed that, hey, it was the only options I had. And there's one other person that hands you those cards and they know if you're lying or not, but they could also be in it with you. They could be the fascist with you and they could be like, yeah, I gave them two bad cards. It's all they had. So um, that one's more simply lying, in my opinion, uh, which is both good and bad. Not everyone enjoys trying to just straight up lie to people. It gives them anxiety. It might not be in their wheelhouse where in uh, deception, you can kind of, even if you're the murderer and you have to lie, you can kind of sit back and let the cards do the talking for themselves. But uh, both really good games, Joe, you got stuff to add to this. I know these are both highly rated uh, for you. Yeah, for sure. As a secret Hitler lover, I would like to defend a little bit. <laughs> secret Hitler to me is like, it's like a, it's a party game to me. It's, I mean, it's got like social deduction and stuff in there, but you, you come here with like five to like 10 friends and you just, you're having a great time with it. You, I mean, you're lying. People are yelling at each other. You're doing this and that. There's not much strategy to it. There's a little strategy. You have to be a decent liar, but it's a lot of just yelling and a great time. Um, this, um, deception on the other hand is more like a, it's it's way more deductive than Secret Hitler to me. It's it's got a lot more strategy of what clue to pick and and as the um forensic scientist, you're almost telling a story to the um to the people to try to figure out the murder. Um as far as who what would I put in my collection? It's tough because deception I feel like you can play I play with my niece, my my nephew and my two nieces the other day and it was it was a great time <laughs> it's all depend on what your gaming group is for me i guess if you're just with three or four people deception is probably the way to go if you can get seven or eight people i would go secret hitler and I, i'm more like adults for secret hitler yeah i mean you're not most likely not going to play secret hitler with <laughs> like your eight-year-old niece you know what i mean right, so right. Yeah. it all depends i I love both of the games. They're both of my top five. It's tough. It's a tough. I could go either game. You know what I'm saying? So which one are you going? Secret Hitler? 
Probably Deception, because I feel like I would oh. play it more. Okay, okay. Secret um, Hitler, I, I feel like we haven't played that in, like, a year. There hasn't been a party in a year, man. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah, because of COVID and stuff. So, I mean, next time we do our top ten list, it'll prob- Secret Hitler will probably drop. Right. That's just being honest. Deception but, might move up, because playing with other people was just like, man, this is, this is a lot of fun. Playing yeah. with all d- different type of people. And, and I would like, like Cody's, to kind of like piggyback like, sorry. off what you said. Um, yeah. You can kind of role play Secret Hitler. It's fun to be like in that kind of like uh, persona. Obviously, you don't want to pretend to be Hitler, but you do pretend to be the, you know, I'm the good guys. I'm the good guys. Like you don't really get that from deception. You know, it's more of a logical argument. Like, hey, here's why I'm not the murderer. For for Secret Hitler, it, it's based off emotion. Like you you have to believe me. I couldn't I couldn't do that. I would mm-hmm. never do that. Yeah, then, like, exactly. You know, midway through the game, you get to shoot somebody. And it's like this really awesome moment of like you're holding up a fake gun in your hand and you're moving it around, pointing it. Then you stop and you shoot them. And everyone's like, ah, and it's like, were you Hitler? No, I wasn't Hitler. Oh, no, we just shot a good person. And like, <laughs> like you said, it, it is it is more of a good time, you know, than deception. It's funnier. It's, you know, it's rousing. You know, it gets the crowd going pretty much. Mm-hmm, for so sure. It does have a ton of benefits. You know, I love Secret Hitler, but I'm also going deception. One of my favorite games. I think it's a perfect, like you said, where the forensic scientist is telling the story. The murderer doesn't have to be too involved, but they can be involved. They can try to steer people towards other stuff. Mm. And it's just it's just uh, almost a perfect game, in my opinion, if you're looking for that deduction game. So I go Deception, too. Co, did you have another point? Uh, no, I was just going to say you, you can't go wrong with either. If you choose either game, you really can't go wrong. They're both really good games and will be a lot of fun. And and I understand Secret Hitler is kind of a like touchy subject for a game, you know. I I do know there's other games that pretty much take what Secret Hitler does exactly and puts it in a different theme. So if you're not comfortable with playing a game with Hitler in the title, which I think I understand, there are other games that are kind of just like it. Yeah, for sure. So, so deception have, wins three zero. Sweet, sweet. Our first this and that. While wow, we did not pick a good uh, combo because Secret Hitler just got smoked. Yeah, for sure. So uh, deception. I was close. I was, I was close. I'm I'm close to picking Secret Hitler, but I just they're both they're both fantastic games. Yeah, for sure. All right, so that was this or that. Pick deception for your game collection. Now we're going to move on to um, our review game. We call it Was It Worth It? We take one game and we decide that after playing it a few times, is it something that should be in your collection? Was it worth the buy? And for this week, Joe, we have Traga Caput Regni. I think that's right. That, right. That's right. Um, the designer is Vladimir Suchi and the publisher is Rio Grande Games. Um, Praga is like a city building game where p- players take turns performing actions and each player chooses some like six different actions on like a spinning wheel. So each person could do the same exact action. It just might cost you something or you might get something for a reward. Um, these actions include building up your resources, building walls, getting upgrades, building in the sitting city and going through um, King's Road um, to get extra power ups. The game mechanics include, like, area majority influence, end game bonuses, income, and among others. I think that hits a lot of just the basic overview. You know, we're going to get into depth on it and kind of talk about every aspect of the game. But, yeah, good overview. Um, 
And while we're starting it, we should go with the thing that's probably most important for a game, I would assume, and that's gameplay. So, Joe, as you had mentioned, there's tiles that you choose um, from like a rondelle, a spinning wheel at the very top of the board. And the tiles that are closer to the beginning, they cost money. They might cost one, two, I think it's one or two uh, gold. Mm -hmm. And the ones in the middle are free. And the ones at the very end can get you points, one, two, or three, or is it even five points? Like it, three. I think it might go up to four or five. Okay, yeah. So they can give you points if those things get far enough along on the wheel. So, um, yeah, and it's a really cool mechanic where you might pick something a little further on the wheel because you don't want the next person to get points. But let's talk about the actions on there. So um, I thought for the gameplay, it was it was very simple. There's only, I think, six things you can do in this game per turn. Mm-hmm. Yep, six so, actions. Right, there's six actions. So it, it's not a lot. It's not a lot to think about at the very beginning. But what it really does is it, it each action has so much depth to it that you really end up taking not a long time on your turn, but there's so much that you can do after you choose that initial action. I mean, it's just six actions, but the strategic aspect to the game is like crazy. It's just crazy. <laughs> like there's a lot to think about. And like you said, it's only six actions to think about, but you're spending like five minutes each turn trying to figure out what you want to do. <laughs> right, right, right. So let's go over a couple of the actions. Like you have um, you have two actions that just either give you a resource, either gold or mining, or they actually increase how much production you get for that. So a very simple action. You also have three actions that build a part of the city, um, your kingdom, I believe, or the walls around your, your kingdom. So those are another three actions. And then your last action is, what am I missing here, guys? King's Road, where you're going across this pathway and you're collecting goods. Now, each one of these actions is kind of on the wheel. It has another little bonus aspect to it where you might get a piece of gold. You might get a point. You might get an egg. What does the egg make sense for? I have no clue, but it allows you to go up onto King's Road. (laughs) When you take these actions that help you build in the city, you get to move up on the cathedral. You get to move up on the castle. How does that make sense? I don't know, but those give you bonus points. The King's Road gives you bonus points. The walls around your town give you bonus points. Um, there's stuff on the tiles for when you connect them, you get tokens at the end of the game, give you bonus points. You have window sills that are either white or gold Two white ones allow you to move up on certain pathways Two gold ones, allow you to take an extra turn. Um, King's road at the end of it, you can get tiles that go on the bridge and they give you four bonuses. There is so much to these basic actions, and this is exactly the type of gameplay I love. I love when the game is so simple where you're like, hey, it's just six actions. And all you can do literally is one thing on your turn. You choose one, and then you just play it out. But as I just explained, there is so much depth to everything. When you are building one of these cities or one of these walls, there might be four or five different uh, four or five different information on that tile that tells you all these different things. And they all really connect well with each other you know something on king's road is going to help you uh move up the cathedral which now you have tokens from the city you built and it's just it's just i don't know it's it's complicated but it it lulls you in because it looks so simple at first yeah it's that perfect type of game gameplay where you only have one action one turn and that turn just it's just strategic. You got to make a strategic move to better yourself in the end of the game. 
Yeah, there's only 16. There's only 16 rounds in the mm-hmm. uh, or 16 turns, I believe. Yeah, so it's not like you're even playing. I mean, it, it lasts for a little while, a couple hours, but it's not like you're even. You know, you have 40 turns to do stuff. It's just every action is so rich that you really get a lot done. Um, Co, do you have anything to say? You've been a little quiet. Uh, I mean, you guys described it pretty, uh, pretty good. I do think it could can get a little complicated the first time you're playing, just because there is quite a bit going on with each action that you're doing. Um, but I do like the fact that there's multiple ways you can win the game. Um, you don't have to have one perfect strategy, and this is going to work. You're going to win the game. You know, you could have one strategy. I could have another strategy. We could both be scoring a lot of points and uh, both come out, you know, on top. So I do like that part about the game. Um, I do feel like, though, it tries to take too much from other games. Like each, I feel like it's taking a little bit from different games that we play and try to combine them into one. Like with the rotating board. Yeah, like it reminds me of Zolkin a little bit. Um, Just things like that throughout the game. Um, It is a fun game, though. The board itself looks real nice. Looks like Where's Waldo? Um, but you know, to me, if you played a couple of times, I think you'd get the hang of it pretty quick. See, I kind of like the hodgepodge thing. I like different aspects from different type of games. I like yeah, that I mean, aspect of from it. From game to game, it feels it doesn't feel completely different. But I, I had gone with a totally different strategy than I did first game. You know, like the first game, I feel like I really tried to write, uh, raise up my mind and my gold production. Because everything gives you bonuses. You know, there's also, I didn't even mention it, but there's like two other tracks where you have a university track where you get um, uh, cards that help you get permanent bonuses. And then you have a, uh, a um, I can't remember what the other track is called, but it's a track that gets you like points. Like a book track or something. Yeah, it gets you points with the university track. So you'd like to raise both of those, but you, you can't do everything. So, you know, first game I was all focused on raising the mine and the gold track. And last game, I think I was mostly focused on, like, the city and then getting through the ranks in the uh, church and the castle. So it feels like there's a lot to explore. Well, there's definitely, like, at least ten different strategies you can use. Yeah. (laughs) And none of them are better than the other, I don't think. If you implore that strategy to perfection, you're going to win the game. Yeah. Yeah, because, Code, you went went King's Road, right? I went King's Road right away, but... See, the thing is, I push it hard, but you still made it up the King's Road just as, I mean, not just as quick, but you were but, right behind me while but you, you did were, get you did get the better bonuses. True, I did. But you were boosting up other things while I think I focused solely on King. I feel like you kind of need to have a little bit of a balance in the game. Right. You know, I feel like you can't just strictly focus on one thing and you're going to win the game. I feel like you need to focus on maybe two or three different things. Um and that will, I think, greatly improve your chances to win the game. Yeah, I think I think any way you put it, it has a lot of depth, a lot of different, you know, um, just styles of play. Like I said, where you're putting the tiles around your city and you're trying to connect them. Um, King's Road, it doesn't really have too much thinking to it. You just move on a track and you get stuff. But the boards at the top where you're moving up the castle and church, that definitely has a little bit of thinking of it because you got to know when you want to rise up a rank, when you want to move right, because – these things also offer bonuses. It's a bonus game, apparently. But, for sure. No. Uh, yeah, and just, game just, bonus, for sure. Yeah, just so much to it. Um, it can get a little overwhelming, but I, I think the gameplay is a huge part of the reason I like it. So, 
Definitely um, a plus yeah, definitely to the like game. gameplay. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Um, let's jump to components. So the 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 uh, board and everything that comes with it. What do you guys think of that? To me, it's just average. Um, the little pieces, they're okay. Nothing. I don't think they're anything special. Uh, I do like the look of the castle itself. How you move up the, you know, move up the castle. To me, that was kind of cool. But the other pieces, to me, they're just so-so. Yeah, that's how the it board, is. The board looked good. I like the way the board looked. Um, but once again, the board kind of looked a little busy to me. Like if you're just strictly looking at the board, it looks really confusing. Like at first. Yeah, like, that's how I so would much explain going it. On. That's how I would explain it. Just kind of average. I mean, nothing great, nothing too crazy, nothing terrible either. That like pieces aren't falling apart and stickers aren't coming off or anything. But it's it's average, just like Cody said for sure. Right. The the pieces were made good. They just don't they don't just don't look great. Like nothing to me, nothing special. It's not like you're gonna be like, oh my gosh, this is like a great looking right. game. It's 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 average. I think it's perfect. I think you guys at a base level are correct, you know, because like you get you get square cubes that are colored, you know, you get little pawns that are that are okay, they're plastic. But I think when you kind of look at the board and actually your player board, I think I think it's it goes to like almost great. You know, you got that spinning circular wheel at the top that it's um it's all indented so all the pieces fit in. You're not like fiddling around or they're sliding off. You have spaces for your cube because it's like a dual layered board. So you put a cube in there and when you spin it and it gets stuck, that means it's the end of the round, which is something really cool that I don't see too much because, you know, playing games, you know, like, oh, we forgot to move the round marker up one time. You can't forget it on this game. And then on your player board, it's, it's also dual layered, which, you know. Um, you can put cubes and they're not going to move around because that takes care of what, how many resources you have and how many resources you can get. So to me, that's very important that it has that because we play plenty of games, you know, terraforming Mars with the cubes, you know, you shake your board a little bit. It's like, I don't really remember what I had on this spot. So you can't really forget it all. And then when you're counting your resources, it has again, the cubes in the little dual, dual layered box and you can't not take your reward. You know, when you're going up and you get stopped by a cube, it's like, oh, cool. I now take this off and I move it past. And that's a, a great way to keep resources as well. So I think at eye level, yeah, it's, it's it's a little plain. But when you look at the detail and like the, the extras that went into the board, I think that kind of elevates it to good to great, in my opinion. Mm, I don't know if I'd use the word great. I'm just saying, like, you take for granted that dual layered board where like your cubes don't get shuffled around and you don't forget to put the round marker and you know, the castle and the church are 3d pieces, you know, that you build the King's road has a bridge that you build kind of cool. It didn't have to do that. It could have been easily just straight up on the board, you know, but they put the extra time into it. Like I said, I'm I'm not saying it's the best, but I would say it's anywhere from good to great. Okay. That's decent points for sure. All right, let's talk about uh, – Cody already mentioned it a little bit. Let's talk about theme and art. Uh, who wants to start on this, Code? Where's Waldo? Are you sticking with uh, that? Yeah, de- definitely the board. If you look at it, it looks like a page straight out of Where's Waldo. You then that was that, Waldo is that a positive? Game. I would say, yeah. To me, I like okay. the way the board looks. Uh, like I said, it looks a little busy, but th- you know the way it was designed and all that looks kind of cool to me. Um, the theme to me is eh. – not really too interesting to me. 
but which is, I mean, it's important, but it's not the most important thing. The gameplay is, um, but I would say the the board itself is above a- or the art is above average for it. So. Okay. Did you did you feel the theme at all? Like not all board games you have to feel the theme, but did you feel like you were what's, what's the theme again, Joe? You're building yeah. See for the game. <laughs> see that's my point. I don't even know what the theme is. Right. I I, I had forgot. The theme it. does not come into play in this game at at all. I think it's I thought really, when you showed really me the board, I thought it was about mechanics. pirates. I thought it was about pirates when you showed me the board. I'm like, oh, this is a cool pirate game. <laughs> And then you're telling me it's a a medieval Prague building project or something like <laughs> yeah. that. And right. I mean the art's nice on the board, and the art's nice on the on like the the box and stuff. But like I said, the theme it it's doesn't hurt the game. It doesn't matter. It, it does, but it's not there. I I don't see a theme. There. Yeah. Yeah. To me, it's like a series of mechanics. Just like yeah, this thing does this. This thing does this. I like I said, I didn't know it was about building up Prague to be the best for a king. You know, I just played it. Yeah, it sounded good. But I do want to talk about the art. I think the art does look really good. Like Cody said, it like very reminiscent of Where Waldo book. You know, very colorful and like the colors pop. You know, like a bright yellow con- contrasted against a bright blue and a red. You know, all next to each other. And the board is extremely busy, but. It's uh, it also makes it interesting, you know, like you can look at the towns and see the little people and stuff. I think it looks like a cartoonist is like example of like drawing a map back in like the 1700s, you know, and I, I really dig the art. But uh, yeah, the theme can just go jump off a bridge. I don't think it's good at all. But the art, while it's not like the I don't think it's like beautiful, you know, you don't look at it and say this game is stunning, but it, ha- it has a charm to it. So, yeah, I mean, I've, I enjoyed the art for sure. Yeah, for sure. Um, let's let's jump to longevity now. Uh, I would say, me personally, I'm kind of like cult of the new. I'm always buying a new board game. I'm like, okay, I played that one once. Let me go buy another great game and play that one once. Uh, Joey, you're definitely more of a. I have my standard collection. I like to play these games a lot. You know, I like to kind of grow into them a little bit. So, and Code, you're neither. What do you guys think, <laughs> longevity-wise? Is this a game that you would ever say again? Like, hey, we should play play that game. Like, would we pull it out if it's a random Saturday and we haven't bought a new game? Would this be one something that you might want to pull out and play? Uh, me personally, I like it. I like okay. it a lot. I I would definitely want to keep trying to play it. Try to keep getting good at it. Like I said, the strategies. There's so many different type of strategies, and I don't see this not come going into the game um the gaming tournament i think i might pick this one it, mm. I, it's one of those games where it's like i want to play it i want to get good at it and it's i i like it i think longevity is pretty good on this one okay code um personally to me i would say i might give it maybe another one or two tries but i don't see it coming out all that often for us honestly i feel like like i said it takes a lot from other games and i would rather just play the other game <laughs> yeah i mean that's so. fair um longevity wise i'm talking about how much i like it um, if i do like it i haven't said yet or not if i like it but uh just longevity wise i think i think you can get quite a few plays out of this you know because you're going to want to be exploring those uh those different those different strategies you know because 
You might want to city build and do King's Road, but you could easily city build and then do your own castle or city build and do your own walls and try to do that. So there's all these different combinations. Cause like I said, you can't do everything, but you can almost do like two things very strongly. So in terms of longevity, I think you have a lot of different strategies you can explore. And once you do figure out your favorite strategy, I think it would take a while to perfect. So if you do enjoy this game, you know, it's going to be something that you're going to want to go back to because you want to get better and better at it. You know, uh, we played two games and I lost the first one, won the second one, and I feel good about it. But I'm like, I feel like I could do better. And Joe, I know you're like, all right, the first time I played, I did great. Uh, I want to win. You know, yeah, the second the time, time I sucked. Second time right. I sucked. So I want right. to like, man, what, so, what did I do the first game? Try to make it up. Yeah. I, I think you can get a few plays out of this, which brings us into our final thoughts. You know, maybe that kind of gave away what we think about it in terms of our final thoughts. But is this game your final thoughts? And was this game worth it? Is it worth it for a collection? You know, we have looked up the prices. It seems like the standard MSRP is around 70 to 75. Um, I got this game for like 55 Amazon. You can get it for 60. So it ranges anywhere from, you know, 50 to $75. Is this something that you would want to add? Was it worth it for that price? Uh, let's start off with you code. Um, I would say if you're a new, you know, a newbie to the, you know, board game community, you know, you're just getting into it. I would probably say no, just because there's a lot going on. It could be a little difficult to learn. It might, you know, not it might push you away from the hobby a little bit more than you know it should if you're you know established like we are i would say it could be it is worth a buy you know it is a fun game um you can play multiple times doing a different strategy each time um so i would say i would say yeah it's it's worth a try it is a fun enough game where we can get you know a few more plays and possibly in the board game tournament it comes out um but if you're new to the hobby i would say no i would i would skip it and get something a little easier to start okay joseph okay so what i would say is if that 75 uh that's like a top tier game and i don't know if this game is at top tier it's like you know what i mean like gloomhaven and just like that type of game. It's not it's not there. I don't think it's there. It's it's decent. It's pretty good. If you can get it for 55, maybe even 60, I think it's worth it. But over 70, 75, I might stay away from it. It's it's not that top tier game. There's other there's better games out there. And that's my take on it. All right. So that's too not worth it. It's all right. Um well, both of you kind of were like maybe at certain aspects. But, uh, yeah, you said it was made by Vladimir Succi. He made Underwater Cities. It's one of my favorite games. So that's one of the reasons I was instantly interested. And it is nothing like Underwater Cities. I thought maybe I'd see certain aspects of it, but I'm glad it's not. It feels like um, it feels like in this last, like, six months to a year, I've been collecting these kind of, like, heavier Euro games, like or medium-weight Euro games. This one... Maracaibo, Smartphone Inc., Pipeline, and it feels it fits like right in there, you know, like a heavier game that you can really sink your teeth into and get a really good time from. So uh, is it worth it? I think it is at 55. Is it worth it at 75? I mean, it's all about preference. You know, if you're already inclined to like like the action selection games and, you know, all these different things that are in it, 
yeah, it, I think it adds enough to where you're going to find that it was worth it. And, you know, if you have a smaller collection, I think this is a game you can bring out, out multiple times, you know, a year, you know, or once a month or something like that. You know, you wouldn't really get sick of it. So if this sounds like your jam, yeah, for sure it's worth it. You know, it's worth it for me. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to say it's worth it. Okay. So two to one, not worth it. I will edit out your answers. So one is zero it, worth it. It just doesn't know what type of game it wants to be. That's my my final thoughts on it. You already gave your final thoughts. Thank you. Well, that's fine. <laughs> that's my second final thoughts on it. All right, so that was our first Was It Worth It on the We the Meeple. So, uh, yeah, good job, guys. Um, we're going to jump into a little segment called the Digital Minute. You know, board games are coming out on digital way more than they used to. So we wanted to kind of highlight some of those. And we have the perfect person to do it, and that is Joseph. So, Joseph, do you want to tell us what game you have? You are on the clock. I do not have a timer code. Keep track. You ready? Okay, it might, might go over a little minute. It might go over we a minute. We are stopping okay, you at a minute. Digital okay, minute. So my digital. Three, two, one. <laughs> okay, so my digital minute is we've been talking about risk. And I got risk on the phone. And risk on the phone is things to know. Um, you can play online with people. You can play with your friends. Or you can play against a computer. Um It's some of the games are a lot shorter than Risk that you notice. And the fun part about the um, Risk on the phone is there's like different types of map. There's not just the, like the country ones. And um, there's like um, United States is a map. There's like a whole bunch of different maps. And there's that different type of game modes. There's like a zombie mode, which is kind of crazy. There's like a capital mode where you just try to like take down each other's capital instead of taking over the whole world. There's obviously world domination and stuff like that. But what I think separates the phone from the actual board game is like the game setups. And the game setups are there's like a couple of them. There's um, ten seconds. There's blizzards. Okay, hold on. I, I need more than ten seconds. Okay. <laughs> um, blizzards, which is um, there's like it the computer I the computer like automatically like takes out like a couple countries so like like half australia might be gone so there might be only two countries in australia so you might have to only take over two countries and stuff like that so that's kind of a cool aspect and the other aspect is fog of war which you know in regular risk you see everybody's board you see everybody's army you see what everybody owns but fog of war you can't see and that i mean you can only do that on the phone but fog of war adds that aspect where i'm slowly taking over north america and Corey doesn't know mm. you know so that's like a cool aspect to me that kind of makes the phone better than the board game actually and that is my um i think it's 399 but you can add stuff i haven't added anything there's like literally pilot like and that has been digital add two minutes two minutes <laughs> <laughs> that has been digital two minutes the <laughs> thing sounds really cool yeah that's, that's very video gaming you know you see that in a lot of different like uh like strategy war games online you know you can't see where your opponent's coming from and as you go it reveals itself and it's like well i just kind of walked into a trap you know now Plus, i'm surrounded almost exactly Plus, like you know how many uh, times i've 
Sorry. You know how many times I've played where I've had like 20 people in my army. I go up to, I'm like, I'm attacking this guy and I, I go up to him. He's got like 40. I'm like, well, I'm dead <laughs> next turn. Yep. I was going to say, plus if anyone's played risk, everyone knows the cleanup can be kind of a pain in the butt. So I'm sure Ooh. on the phone, it's probably a lot nicer. You don't got to No, for anything, sure. And, so. and you can quit anytime. So if like your army's losing, I just quit and join a different game. <laughs> All right. Hey, sounds good. You know, we're going to bring this every uh, month as well. So uh, get ready to buy more games, Joe, because you're our man when it comes to this. Uh, I got this about I think I got about 10 on, on my phone. All right. So I, all right. I'll be all so right. That's good. That's good for a little while. Down to the digital minute. All right. Yeah. Yeah. You got to work time a little bit. <laughs> digital right, two guys. minutes. All right, guys. I'm I'm very excited for this topic right here. We are going to call this topic this segment the podium. So if you know what a podium podium is, you know, they do it in the Olympics. You have three steps. You have the bronze, you have the silver, and you have the gold. We're going to take a topic and and put one at the bronze, silver, and gold aspects. Um, is this just like a top ten but a top three? Yeah, of course. I just wanted to have a nice little name with it. So, yeah, we're not doing a top ten. We're doing a top three. We're calling it the podium. And this week, because it's a almost a get-to-know-you type of episode, we are going to do it on our top themes so a bronze theme a silver theme and a gold theme these are themes that just get you really jazzed up when you hear a game is coming out with this theme you don't know anything about the game but you're like i'm interested i'm instantly interested so without further ado let's hit this up Co, do you want to go first again i kind of like this order it's really uh keeping things normal for me so Okay, um, I am excited about my third theme, and hopefully it's a real theme. Oh, um, boy. My oh, third God. theme I'm going to go with is gambling. That's a theme, right, I would say? I would say Gambling bidding? Yeah. yeah, gambling bidding, I would say it's a theme. Well, it's, it's a mechanic. What's the game's the notes? <laughs> it's, it's, a, it's, a, it's a mechanic for sure, but gambling itself can be, can be a theme uh, as well, I believe. Okay, well, okay, gambling, you two know me, I love gambling. Um. I love going to the casino and all that. But uh, I do have a game that we have. It's Wits and Wagers, the, uh, you know, whatever it's called. Vegas edition, Vegas baby. Edition. Yeah, I'm about to is. say. Um, so, you know, you take a trivia card. You read the question. We all write down what we think the answer is. Um, we flip them over in, like, let's say six spots. Then you get these chips. You place them on spots where you think, you know, the right answer is. So you're basically gambling your chips thinking you're smarter than everybody else so to me i like i said i love gambling so any game that has possibly gambling in it or gambling theme will automatically interest me a lot so that's my uh, that's my bronze cool okay joseph what is your bronze um so my bronze is cowboys and wild west going Mm. back to my roots a little bit my little (laughs) kid's roots with my cowboy boots (laughs) Um, games to note are Western Legends, which is a top three game for me of all time, for sure. Um, Great Western Trail, that's I, I like that game a lot. It's a little long for me, but it's definitely a game of note. And Colt Express, we've only played that, a, I think, maybe once. But um, Cowboys, for me, are kind of, I don't know. It's just, I like that aspect of being able to rob people and shoot people, but it's, it's Old West. You get a Colt, a revolver, and... That's it. Maybe a horse. You get to ride a horse. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. A Cowboys was one I uh, I had thought of. I didn't put it on there. That's a good pick. Um, my number three is, is super broad. Like, it could mean so many things, but I didn't want to narrow it down too much. Uh, 
I pick mythology. Yes, all of mythology. I tend to, like, get attracted to games that have, like, gods in them. You know, we have Blood Rage, Rising Sun, Sickles, and Kemet. What do those have in common? They all have these, like, god cards or minis that you can put onto the field, and they have extraordinary powers. And I just like seeing the designs, you know, like Rising Sun is one of the most beautiful games I played, and those minis with that giant dragon and those um, – those Onis that you pick, it's, it's amazing, you know, like I love looking at them. Same thing with Blood Rage, these monsters. It's like, OK, you know, you can have a Viking game and that's cool. But when you have a Viking game where you also add these monsters and these gods, like I, I'm all into that. You know, like I that, that, that's good. that gets me jazzed up, these extra gods, you know, and uh, I would say if I had to bring it down, it would be like Japanese mythology. It's probably like the one I would get most excited about, but I didn't want to break it down too far. All those types of games are, you know, stuff I really like. And when it's announced, I kind of already am interested in. So that sits on bronze for me. Uh, Code, do you want to talk about your silver pick? Uh, Yeah, I didn't think we were going to match, but clearly we did. Uh, Mine is mythology as well. (laughs) Oh, just mythology Uh, too? Mythology, yes. So more specifically, Greek Greek mythology. Okay. Uh, I love the Greek mythology. Um, to me, it's interesting. It has the most interesting characters, the most interesting creatures. Um, Cyclades is one you mentioned that comes to mind for me. I just like using the aspect of, you know, um, using the gods for help and all that. And then you can get monsters to help you, um, you know, like Cyclops or whatever, Pegasus and all that. To me, it's just like you said, just when you add these monsters and just this whole new world that's, you know, you can literally create anything with mythology. Um, to me, it's just keeps me super interested, um, which is what you want in a board game. So mythology is number two for me. I think that's an excellent pick. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> All right, John, you want to hit us with okay. your silver? So my mythology. silver. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah, we're going to believe this. Um, no, my um, silver is probably a little bit surprised you guys. Um, it is horror. Whoa, we thought I thought that one. was gonna be number no. one, but oh, yeah. I, know number, two. I know number one. I'm sure you do number one. Um, games of note is like Betrayal in the House in the Hill, um, Dead of Winter, um, and Eldritch Horror. Um, the only the only reason this isn't number one is because I haven't found that game where I'm just like this is it. This is my favorite game. You know what I mean? This is, and horror can do that. If, if someone comes out with a great horror game, it's going to do it. It's going to be my number one. I don't know how they're going to do it, but it's going to be. I mean, be, they, they've come out with great horror games, but it just hasn't been I just one haven't been found like, one. It hasn't been one that's been like your, well, you, you have, you have great horror games. It just hasn't been one that's like your number one game. I'm just waiting for them to make Halloween the game. <laughs> Michael Myers trying to kill somebody. So, that so, will insul- I don't care how crappy the game is. It'll go up to number one automatically. <laughs> so, you know, like we picked a pretty broad subject with mythology. Horror is super broad as well. Is there like a subcategory of that that like is better than the others? Like, is it, say, is it slasher? Is it probably is it has zombie? to be like a serial killer, serial killer okay. slasher and maybe like ghosts or something. Okay. I, okay. Cool. Yeah, I'm not not a big fan of the zombies one. I haven't played a game where I'm like, man, this is a good zombie board game. Right. But right. Right. Yeah. So that's my silver. Okay. Uh, my silver. 
My silver is, is kind of close. Um, I was thinking horror as well because we tend to lean towards any game that comes out and it's horror. We're like, oh, let's pick it up. But I want to be – it's kind of in the same vein. I picked murder. Murder is my second favorite theme. I just love the idea of someone getting their throat slashed. I don't know what it is, but it's just something that really, like, <laughs> excites sick. me. You know, it's, you need it's help. fun. Well, like, a lot of these games are based on, like, solving the murder of something, you know, and that's always interesting because it feels like the stakes are so high, you know. Someone was murdered. That's crazy. But uh, a couple games that, you know, really, you know, exemplified that for me was we just talked about Deception Murder in Hong Kong. That's that's one of my favorite games. That's all about a murder in Hong Kong. So uh, Chronicles of Crime uh, was one that instantly I wanted to buy because you're solving murders. Um and Betrayal at House on the Hill, that has a lot to do with murders as well, as long as, like, um, Aki Ono or whatever that Peter game Peter Akimoto. Come on, <laughs> yeah. don't disrespect Akimoto, Peter Akimoto, man. <laughs> yeah, so uh, murder is just something where I'm like, yeah, I think it's a cool, the, I think the it's the a cool theme, man. <laughs> yeah. Um, and now number one, where I don't think I know Cody's, I don't know Joey's, unfortunately, so um, I think I'll be surprised at both. Code. What is your okay. number one theme? I think my number just, one's pretty obvious. I probably just overlooked it. Games of it. Actually, I think we only have one. Uh, it's dinosaurs. Ah, okay. You know how much Fair. you two know how much I love dinosaurs. I have a dinosaur tattoo. Um, to me, dinosaur in it, I probably will instantly be interested in it. Um, we do have Dinosaur Island. Which is a fun game. You create your own island with dinosaurs, um, which is like Jurassic Park. Um, so to me, just if a game has dinosaurs, I will interest you, like I said, instantly just be looking for it, see you know if it's a good game or not. Um, one that might be on my radar for the future is Raptor. I know that's only a two-player game, but I've heard good things about it. Um, so maybe in the future, I'll have to pick that up and give it a try because it has dinosaurs. So. Yeah. No, I would agree. Um, dinosaurs probably is like a four or five for me, actually. Yeah. I like dinosaur games, too. <laughs> like, yeah. Dinosaur Island's probably top ten for me. <laughs> like, it's I love that game. I, I don't love dinosaurs as much as you two, but they seem to make really good games. You know, Dinosaur Island's a great game. Lots of different mechanics in it, so I, I do enjoy that. But, uh, yeah, that's a good pick. I probably should have known. I, th- I really thought yours was going to be mythology, though. Yeah. I really thought that was your number one. Um, Joe, I, like I said, I can't, I don't know yours, but go ahead hit me with it. Um, we are kind of matching a little bit. Mine is murder slash mystery. Wow. Okay. I, I like the murder aspect, but I more like, I like the mystery, trying to figure out the mystery aspect more. Some games a note is, um, Sherlock Holmes consulting detective. I've played that with my fiance a couple times and... I, it, that one just like that's a brain teaser man that thing that thing's crazy and uh, mysterium is one of them mm, and yeah. murder in hong kong is one of them um like i said i just like the aspect of like if i was an accountant i'd be a detective that's just, <laughs> that's that what a difference you know what I mean? what a different I, yeah exactly that's the that, just figuring out that mystery is just like so much fun to me and that's my goal. Murder surprise, slash uh, amusement parks. I thought amusement parks was going to be up there. And we have theme a parks. Game, or theme parks. Yeah. 
Yeah, the problem is we haven't bought enough of those games. Yeah, I was... That's the thing. I was looking at more of the games. Like, what's my favorite type of game? What's my... Like, it has to have good games on it. If if it doesn't have good games on it, then I'm probably yeah, not... I, mean, I only have, like... Yeah, I only no, play, like, I mean, probably, like, two of those games, and I... But, I mean, we talked about me, these themes. These themes are, make us inter- instantly interested, and for us not to have too many theme park games... Does it get us interested? Because we haven't, or, you know, for Joe, he hasn't really bought any. He has one, right? Steam Park. Yeah, I have one. I do get uh, interested in those games. I just, but when I, then when I read them, I'm like, man, this sounds like crap. <laughs> yeah. Um, all right, I'm going to go on to my gold. My gold, do you guys, you guys have an idea what it is? Um, farming. No. Farming. I'm going to say... I'm going to say, I want to say, like, space, but I don't think it's Blind. space. I'm, I'm blanking space. out. No, I'm blanking space. out. I wanna, All right, my I favorite, wanna... did you want one more quick guess? No. Okay. <laughs> I'm going to know favorite, as soon as you say it. <laughs> my favorite theme is economic. I get so jazzed when a game has, like, you have to sell a product. And you have to work with the supply and demand. You have to set prices. You have to appeal to customers. And to me, that is just, like, amazing. I want to jump right into that game and play it and mess around with the supply and demand, you know, the customers and all that, the advertisement. Uh, One game that I really love, super long, super difficult, um, complex, is Food Chain Chain Magnate. You know, I absolutely love that game. It's amazing. But, you know, I... I played plenty more now, you know. Pipeline, I feel like, is one of those games. You know, I, Code, have you played that with us? I did play Pipeline. Okay, I believe yeah, so that's the one where I the hated oil. the rules, where uh, I couldn't keep picking the same pipe, or I couldn't pick a pipe from the other row. I believe. Okay, yeah, but you know that has a lot of puzzly aspects to it. But at the end of the day, it's like you're trying to sell this oil. You know, and I just love that. I love having the price and Smartphone Inc., another one. You're setting yeah, the prices that's... of these phones and you're trying to sell them and you're trying to, you know, get a better deal than Joey has. But you're also trying to make as much money as possible in Stockpile, another one. I know that's, you know, a stock game mostly, but it deals with the same kind of stuff. And I just I love where the numbers where you're messing around the numbers. And that's like the main aspect of it, you know, you can... um, oh. That's just one of the things. You can argue uh, modern art too for that. Modern art, um, brass land, brass Birmingham. You know, I know we haven't really played that too much, but that was something where it's like, okay, I'm setting these prices, I'm selling stuff. I love these types of games. You know, I want to get into the nitty gritty and and sell my products. So when a game is like economic based and that's like the main thing, I'm I'm interested immediately. So, um, yeah. I think okay. we had nine pretty good picks. I'm glad to see that. Code and Joe, you guys didn't have a crossover, right? No. But I had a crossover with each one of you. Mm-hmm. So you guys, yeah, good picking by all of us, I think. That was Podium. I hope you guys enjoy that segment. I I think that'll be my favorite segment going forward. But, uh, yeah. Yeah, I think we're I think we're pretty much done with this episode. We're at an hour and 15. We have one more thing to do. And, uh and it is uh what's it called it's called the wheel of destiny no 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 joe what's it called 
Wheel of Destiny! The Wheel of Destiny. That is See, I look at it more mysterious. You're too no, excited. No, 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 no. It's not mysterious. We, we know exactly what's on the wheel. Um, if I can explain the Wheel of Destiny, it is what we're going to start next episode's topic as. You know, um, we wanted to kind of make it board game like. We're going to spin a wheel and see what we got to talk about next time. And I think we have six pretty good categories. We better. It's our first uh, episode. You know, so we better have the strongest categories we can have. I'll run them down for you real quick. We have talking about legacy game, talking about our personal top 10 and what makes it that. We're going to be talking about expansions, art and theming of games, how important is it? And uh, what was the last one? Our our personal gaming evolution and co-op games. So those are the six different topics we have. I have a spin the wheel right in front of me. I'm going to spin it. I'm going to show it to the camera so you guys know I'm not cheating. Do you have a... A pick 'em code. You love gambling. Why don't you put your money where your mouth is? Which one's winning tonight? Uh, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say the uh, the co-op games. Co-op games. That sounds terrible, Joe. I'm gonna Joe. I'm gonna double down and say <laughs> co-op games. Co-op games. I've been talking about it for weeks. Every I'm time a... I bring up the Wheel of Destiny, I talk about legacy games. I'm saying legacy yeah, is winning. Know. There we go. Can you guys see it all right? Yep. I'm going to spin the wheel, and we're going to see where it lands. Oh, there it is. Okay. And we have landed on... Expansions. 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 So the next topic for next month's episode will be all about expansions, how we feel about them, our favorites, what it will take for us to buy an expansion for a game. We're just going to kind of delve deep into everything about it this will get taken off the board and replaced with a new topic and now that i pick legacy it probably won't get picked for 10 weeks so or 10 episodes so we will be talking expansion next time but i think that's all the time we have for this show cody thank you so much fellow co-host joseph thank you so much fellow co-host and i was Corey, your host if you guys enjoyed this episode uh Stick around, subscribe. We're going to be doing this once once a month. And if you like it, we'll do it more. I'll do it twice a week if I have to. I don't care. I love talking board games. I know, these two, guys, I know these two guys love it. You know, it's going to give me an excuse to buy board games. So I hope you had a really good time with it. Tell a friend, you know, uh, tell a mother or grandmother. It doesn't matter. Any little bit helps us. And thank you so much for listening. We hope to see you back next month. This has been We the People. Goodbye. Peace. It's we the people, not we the people. Oh no. Frick. (laughs) Oh no. Who's saying this is then we the people? He's gonna gonna look so dangy. This is then we the people. Correction. This has been we the people.